Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. All right, dust off the passport. Well played with that rejoinder, by the way. Colts uh-huh. Patriots right there. Well done, Josh. That was very good. Yeah, didn't even catch that. Uh, yeah, we were also reminding people that, yes, Jake Quarry will call in coming up at 8.30 as he is heading north right now in US 31 to his graduation. Our next guest joins us every Wednesday at 8 a.m. On, on this Wednesday, we've got a little bit of breaking news to chat about. That is the Colts playing in Germany coming up in November, November 12th. A 9.30 game against the New England Patriots. That is a Patriots home game. So the Colts will not forego one of their nine home games this season with the extra 17th game. Uh, Stephen Holder, do you think this is a little Anthony Richardson pushing the Colts into an international slot? Hey, I, I guess it doesn't hurt. Uh, I think quarterbacks are are what sells in this league. So I will say this. I don't know when Anthony Richardson's going to start, but I bet it's before November 12th. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. And also I feel like any game not in Foxborough is a win for Colts fans and probably True. a rookie quarterback. Mark, you also wanted to point out uh, someone in the YouTube chat said it could be a beneficial trip for the owner. Oh, yeah. Ross in the chat with probably the comment of the day said, uh, well, now that the game in Germany, Jim Mercer can finally see where, how sausage is made. Hmm. Well, see, everybody wins. Yeah. I love this. Everybody wins. It's also my birthday on November 12th. So Look at this. Hey. Yeah. But hey, whatever. I mean, uh, so for my birthday, I get to work. Well, well and then we can <laughs> slam some like, back at, at a local beer garden. Yeah. Yeah. They, okay. I like it. I like it. Have you been to Germany before, Stephen? Have not. I, actually, it's funny. Uh, we were in Paris a few years ago, and we were trying to make it to Germany and just kind of ran out of time and just didn't happen. So, hey, you know, it was uh, it was not necessarily bucket list, but it was on the list. So, we'll see. You know, Stephen, when we went over there in 2016 for the game in London, I, I thought it was a really cool experience. Um, it, it really it, was. Yeah, and, and, you know, Regent Street, the Fan Fest event was awesome there. And I get that that was seven years ago, but I think Frankfurt will have more of that appeal because – Yes, they're going to have a Dolphins-Chiefs game the week prior, but this is the first time that Frankfurt has held NFL games. Last year, the game between the Bucks and the Seahawks was in Munich, so I think it's going to be a cool experience. Plus, you know, I mean, the Colts have a starting player from Austria in Bernard Ryman. Like, it kind of checks some of the boxes that I think will have some appeal around the game, too. I, I think you're exactly right. I, I'll say this. If you've never been to an international game, and most people haven't, of course, I, I've been to a couple. I first went in 2009 to London uh, for my very first time covering a game abroad. And I, let me tell you, it's a big deal. It, it may not you know, be over here because it's just you know, two kind of random teams maybe, but when you go over there, it feels different. It does not feel like an NFL game in – uh, in the United States at all. It, you can feel like it's a big deal to the people there. It matters over there. I remember walking around London and, you know, you just meet people in bars or wherever and, you know, you get to talking and when they find out why you're there, uh, you, you end up meeting a lot of NFL fans from all over the continent. It's very interesting. I met a guy from Denmark, just a random dude from Denmark, and he, this dude could rattle off 
everybody in the NFL, and he was not American. You know, and and it was really interesting. I don't think that's typical in Europe, but. I remember you, you talked about 2016 with the Colts, Kevin. You remember they, they had the big pep rally in downtown London. Right. I mean, there were thousands of people at this thing. It feels like a big event. It's almost like a mini Super Bowl week, and it's a really cool thing if you ever get a chance to be a part of ESPN Colts reporter Stephen Holder joining us on the Payless Liggers Hotline. Stephen, you just said uh, it didn't feel like an NFL game. This game probably won't feel like an NFL game due to the capacity. I don't know if you've seen, but this German, Germany stadium capacity for an American football game is just 48,000. So you might be have a pretty cozy uh, crew with you when, you when you head out there for the game. Yeah, that, that will be interesting. And it'll be interesting as well to see, you know, kind of what – what the fan reaction is and, and what their you know what what emotions they have because you know we have seen or we have been exposed largely to the Jacksonville games in London well they know the Jaguars there and they have actually created a little bit of a fan base which was always the goal so you know they have kind of a natural built-in following there this is just two very random teams i mean i i did cover uh, bucks patriots in in london in 2009, but you had Tom Brady in that game, and the fans knew Tom Brady. I don't know how this is going to work. It'll be very interesting to see what their allegiances are, and and what you know what their rooting interest is, especially as you said in a, a stadium that's kind of intimate. So I'm very curious how this works out. But it'll be they'll be into the game. I'm, I have no doubt. It'll just be interesting to see you know, how and, and who they root for. Yeah, it'll easily be the smallest NFL game that I've seen just from a you know, yeah. crowd standpoint, non, non-COVID non years, of course. Again, Stephen Holder from ESPN is with us here on the Payless Stickers Hotline. Stephen, shifting gears, um, you know, Anthony Richardson, we saw him at rookie minicamp this past week, and I wanted to go back to, because you had great intel on Richardson throughout the draft process. W- would you say that the teams that most likely would have had Richardson interest have the Colts not? Not taking them at four. Would you say that would have been Seattle and Tennessee? I think those are two that I'm aware of. There could be others, you know. And Chris Ballard mentioned this. Um, you know, you're always worried about a team quote laying in the wo- laying in the in the woods uh, weeds. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, I don't know if there were others, but I do know that the Seahawks definitely had expressed interest on numerous occasions and had and had been doing a lot of work on Anthony Richardson. And in fact, Anthony Richardson mentioned that he really hit it off with Pete Carroll when they met in particular. It was, you know, one of the few specific coaches that he meant that he that he mentioned that he had a rapport with. So that was interesting. Uh, the other thing is uh, with Tennessee, I was told that that they definitely had had an eye on addressing their quarterback situation. New GM, he comes from uh, I, I think I've outlined this before on this show. He comes from the San Francisco 49ers, Rand Carthon, who the 49ers have been very aggressive in the trade markets, both in the draft and otherwise. So he had definitely, he had definitely had examples that he could follow there. Some of those trades worked, some didn't, but the point is he was not shy or it came from a team that was not shy about trading. So I thought the Tennessee Titans were, were definitely in the quarterback market. I think that proved to be true, frankly. So they, they got Will Levis. So yes, long answer, but I, I do kind of agree. Those are the two known teams. There were other teams that were kind of interested in quarterbacks, but those were the two that I thought were in range to actually make it happen. 
Speaking of Anthony Richardson, Stephen, you got to look at him at Colts rookie minicamp last weekend. What were your biggest takeaways from what you saw from Anthony Richardson and overall uh, biggest takeaways from rookie minicamp? So I, I tell people like this. You know, rookie minicamp is – it's like you, you put everybody in a box – um, and shake it up like a raffle. You know what I mean? Like you put all the tickets in the box and you ra- you shake it up and you pick one out. It's kind of what it is, right? You have all these guys who don't know each other, never played together. They barely know each other's names. And then you say, all right, hey, go out there and make magic, <laughs> which is frankly impossible. So it's not set up for anybody to really look very good. So my take on this is when you're out there, if you're a high draft pick and you're supposed to be one of the best players on the field, then it should be obvious. And I think there were times where it was really obvious, all right, that guy's a guy. You know, you get these quarterbacks at rookie minicamp who are just kind of either tryout quarterbacks or rookie free agents, and they often look like it. And then there's Anthony Richardson. The contrast was, like, massive, right? So it's kind of interesting. I thought him and Josh Downs in particular, if you went out there with no jerseys and no numbers and, and you didn't know who was who, it wouldn't have been hard to tell who you wanted on your team. So that's the first thing. The second thing is I think it's just a matter of, you know, just looking the part and and looking like you're in control. It doesn't have the deer in the headlights look. Not that you should at rookie rookie minicamp, but I don't think this guy's really going to be phased by things in that regard. And that's a good sign because it, it only gets harder, right? He's going to have OTAs here in a couple weeks. He's going to be under fire from the veterans. And, and actually, you know, dealing with real real situations that, that he'll see during the season. So, uh, yeah, I think he I think he looks fine. I think he looks like he's, he's going to acclimate uh, just fine and made some really impressive throws. He missed some. I think trying to be a little too much of a perfectionist. But uh, when he goes out there and he lets it rip, uh, he looks like the real deal. Stephen Holder's with us again, ESPN, on the uh, Payless Liquors hotline. Stephen, what do you think the Colts need to see or hoping to see from Anthony Richardson between now and September 1st to say, all right, kid, here you go, keys to the franchise in week one? Yeah, I think a couple things. It, it's not really just one thing, but it's a couple things. Number one, he can he handle the protections? And does he know – uh, does he know what he's got to do in that regard? And he did that, that at is, Florida, correct? Yeah, I, th- that was something that we talked about. And, and he he did, I think Shane Steichen said that he did have a fair amount of freedom at the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and frankly, even though in college the, the coaches really do control a lot of what the quarterbacks do, they can't control protections. They really can't because that is something that you have to react to in real time right then and there at the line of scrimmage. By the time you, – you don't have time to get those signals from the sideline. So, so quarterbacks who are, who are, who are playing uh, in, in a conference like the SEC and the kinds of pass rushers you see there, they should be able to handle that or at least understand the nuances of it. It gets harder, obviously, at this level. But they should, they should have some understanding of that. So we'll see. He seems like a smart guy. I'm not terribly worried about that. But that's a big thing. The other thing is just, you know, having a, a command of, of the huddle. I don't worry about this either with Anthony Richardson, but you can't be tiptoeing into the huddle. you got to walk in there and you got to spit out that play call, which is going to be a lot longer than it was in college. And you got to know the verbiage and have command of it and, and know what your – 
what your alternatives are, your hot reads, et cetera. I mean, that, that goes to knowing the playbook, frankly. But, but those are the, the small things. It's, it's the things that happen on the fly. Can he handle them? The things that the coach can't help you with. Those are the things that he has to have at least some level of mastery with. And if he does, I think his, his unique skill set really tips the scale for me in terms of whether you play him or not. If he's got that stuff down at a respectable level, I, I think you have to really consider putting him out there. Obviously, Anthony Richardson going to be the headline for the Colts the majority of the offseason. Uh, outside of Anthony Richardson, what's the biggest storylines for the Colts in your eyes right now? Well, first there's Shaquille Leonard, and this is not a new story, but I think it's critical. I mean, look at last year. One of the things that happened last season was one of the, the storylines of the season that maybe we didn't talk about enough was, was the turnover margin. Now, I granted, we talked a lot about Matt Ryan and the quarterbacks turning the ball over. I know. But it's not just that. It's also the deficit, the quarter, the turnover deficit, which was massive. They did not get the turnovers last year. And there's one guy in particular who can really change that. And it's, it's Leonard. And, and those things that he does, they win you football games. Look, he freelances sometimes, and he can kind of – you can kind of hurt you that way sometimes uh, because, you know, that's kind of what playmakers do sometimes. But I tell you, the, the trade-off is he's going to make a game-changing and sometimes game-winning play that, that literally can put points on the board. So that's the first thing. Uh, beyond that, I, I think there's a, there's a couple of things. I think the, the skill positions, let's see, if they, let's see if they have made any progress at receiver and how these guys acclimate with the quarterback. Uh, Michael Pittman, obviously I'm not worried about him, but I think we want to see continued growth in Alec Pierce. I want to see how Josh Downs acclimates. I think he – that was the other big takeaway from, from rookie minicamp is just Josh Downs I think has the potential to be a massive – uh, find for this offense and, and has the potential to put up some big numbers. So we'll see what he does. But I, I think that's a big part of the quarterback's success. We talk so much about the quarterback, but it's not just him. He's going to have to have help from those skill position players. And then obviously Jonathan Taylor is a part of that too. Is Jonathan Taylor healthy? I think he will be. He seems like he's on the mend. Uh, you can't have – the 2022 production from Jonathan Taylor and expect Anthony Richardson to be very productive this year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has to, has to get back to being Jonathan Taylor for this thing to look like it's supposed to look. So a couple of injury related things, and then just, you know, overall skill player, um, you know, contributions as well. Steven, something that stood out to me about Downs um, and just, you know, watch him a little bit in college, but even o- over the rookie minicamp. First off, I don't think the Colts have had that type of wideout in quite some time. And I feel like those types of wideouts have hurt the Colts in recent yeah. years. I also feel like a, a, an important thing to note is his strength is probably where you would slot Anthony Richardson's weakness right now. Like Downs getting open from zero to nine yards is a yeah. huge strength of his, and that's Richardson's accuracy weakness. So, and I think we saw it honestly a couple times uh, over the weekend in that you know maybe the balls that weren't thrown in the perfect area, Downs had created so much separation, albeit against guys that won't be here in you know September. But still, that I think is important for acclimating Richardson. You know, obviously having. A target that you know hopefully for five to ten years the Colts are planning on um, I, I think that's an important key as well oh I think a hundred percent you know one of the things 
that that Richardson struggles with is just rhythm passing, and I get it, right? That's not that wasn't really his game at Florida, but it's it's going to have to be something that you that you implement in the NFL. You you have to be able to do that to succeed, just because uh, the the game has turned into to quick throwing. So you're going to have to implement that. And Josh Downs is the perfect receiver to help him do that. Uh, his hands are incredible. Okay, we saw it, as you said. He creates, not only creates the separation, but he had an ability to catch the balls effortlessly, even if they weren't right on target. And I think that is something that you really need from, from a slot receiver because sometimes those balls are coming in hot and they're coming fast, and that guy's got to be able to go up and snatch it out of the air. Josh Downs can do that. He is, his hands are really impressive. I think it's one of the, the best qualities about him. And even though he, he was playing against cornerbacks who who will perhaps in some cases never play a down in the NFL, I get that. Uh, I'm talking about the rookie minicamp here. One thing about Josh Downs is his, his skill set is going to allow him to create separation. His, his shiftiness, his quickness, uh, you're not really going to be able to set coverage against a guy like that. I mean, the, the coverage is not going to always be there in those situations. There are going to be quicker throws in some cases. And, and when he's coming off the line of scrimmage, you're, you're going to have a hard time getting your hands on him. A little bit of T.Y. Hilton, frankly, you know, where you just really can't get your hands on him because not because he's so big and strong, but because he's just elusive. So I think you're going to see a lot of that with Josh Downs. Uh, I, I really like this pick more and more by the day. Last one for me, Stephen. We were remiss if we didn't bring this up. Uh, obviously, Jake is not here today. He is graduating. He's getting his college degree. <laughs> so he's off getting that. Any words of encouragement for our college wow. graduates? Wow, I like this. Are you oh, speaking today the up there? And, yeah, go into the world and conquer the world, young man. Um, <laughs> the world is your oyster. <laughs> exactly. I would be a terrible commencement speaker. I don't know. Do you remember uh, who your commencement speaker was? I have no memory. No of idea. No, I really I could not tell you. <laughs> I could not tell you. It wasn't someone famous. It was probably someone important, but... But uh, 21-year-old me couldn't care less, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, wrap it up. We got to get lunch at Chili's. Let's go. Right, right. It's like, hey, this guy served four terms in the Senate. Eh, whatever. Like, so, I don't know. I, I think I think for, for Jake, it's like he, he's he's got the advantage, though, because when you're graduating at 22 years old, you don't know a damn thing. You think you do, but you don't know a damn thing. So, now he's old Jake who has – who can you know kind of pretend to talk to young Jake? You know that's you got a lot going for you there. So I don't know. I just I wish I knew what I knew now back then. Well, Jake does. <laughs> so let's see what he does with it, right? I mean, maybe he'll make something of himself. Let's hope. Well, and honestly, if the speaker's not going well, I could totally see Jake being like, uh, "Would you like for me to come on stage? I've got a couple yeah, thoughts it, I can share." Agree. It's his degree in loquaciousness because I, I think if they offered mm-hmm. that, he would graduate with honors. Oh, that'd yeah. be a master's, I yeah, think. I was going to say. He'd be in <laughs> Oxford, yeah, uh, without question. Uh, Steven, thanks for hopping on with us. I know it's probably been already a bit busy morning for you, and uh, dust off the passport. With a tear in my eye mm-hmm. on this Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Boy, as this takes our, you back. As yeah. our lives change, come whatever. How about this? Mark Dykton on it. I'm rocking the PBR hat. Mark Dykton stops at local liquor store. You said nice six-pack of PBR on deck. Mm-hmm. You bring them in. And in honor of our next guest, who sits in the chair that Mark's in, mm-hmm. for three hours every Monday through Friday in his graduation today, shall we crack it? 
Let's crack it. Jake, I hope you can hear this, all right? This is this is for you. <laughs> PBRs. It's not the plop of mayo, but it's the closest we can get. No, someone said chase yeah, it with mayo. I said no chance. That is a much better sound than that disgusting plop of that mayonnaise in the coffee. No question about it. A little early, but That's I won't crisp. hold it against you. I know. That is crisp. Um, okay, you are currently en route? No, I just pulled in. I have no idea where I'm parking here. I think I'm – I think they said to be here at 745. So, you know. Fashionably late. Start, yeah, it doesn't start for like an hour and a half. So, Parking in the Dean's yeah. spot, I'm assuming. We can empathize with the IU Kokomo faithful on, on that. And did you rock the cap and gown on the drive up? That's an excellent question. Uh, I did not. I, I'm driving with um, – the gown is in, like, some little bag. I think they said I was supposed to press it. There might be wrinkles in it. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, it's I've got an hour and a half before it actually begins. So, um, it's it's cool. I mean, I thought I would sleep in a little bit. Didn't turn My body clock automatically woke up at the same time. You guys should be proud of that, that I, you automatically wake me up at the same time every morning. <laughs> so, I got up and just thought, you know what, I'm up now. So let's go. So here I am. So you got some time to kill. Hip huggers got to definitely be sure. on oh, yeah. uh-huh. time killer. <laughs> Great buffet. Yeah, I'll have a PBR there, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Certainly on that end. Um, is Boo with you? Boo is not. Yeah, he seemed excited. Um, at least that uh, he got an extra half an hour of me laying around. But no, he didn't. Uh, he didn't seem overly moved by the events of the day. He would got distracted by the tassel. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> well, you probably will want to play with the tassel. <laughs> That's true. That could be a perfect yeah. toy on that end. Do we know who the um, who the speaker is or anything on uh, on this end? I, I thought there was a 50, 50 chance it'd be you. Uh, I do not know who the speaker is, to be honest. I, I'm, this is like the world's worst interview, right, because I have no information. Um, you know, in all honesty, Kevin, it's kind of funny because – and I know that, you know, it's, it's been a while since you guys have graduated from anything. It's been 30 years since I have. And – I hate to say, like, it just kind of, to say it snuck up on me is probably an overstatement, but, you know, especially with May and everything going on, and, and you know, the funny thing is, like, my class has just finished, like, a week ago. I mean, my last math final was, I think, a week ago. So I was so focused on getting all the work done and trying not to just punt at the end. You know, there was a part of me at the end that was like, okay, I've got enough point. you know, I don't, I can, I'm going to pass at this point. But I wanted to try to finish it the right way. And so I was so focused on all of that that I kind of lost sight of just I knew what day the graduation ceremony was, but I didn't really get swept up in the procedures of it. And so, you know, I knew what time I had to be there. And, I, you know, I ordered the cap and gown and I didn't even know if I would go through that. But I, I do think, you know, my parents, neither one graduated from college, but they worked very hard to put themselves in positions to raise a household where that was the expectation and where that would be facilitated for us. And both of my sisters have postgraduate degrees. So, you know, I thought about it and I thought my parents raised me. They wanted every opportunity for me and I didn't take advantage of those opportunities. So for that fact, symbolically speaking, I thought it was important to go through it today so that my parents could see that I did carry out an appreciation, not for me, but for them in terms of the vision they had for me when I was a younger kid. 
Well, I, I've said this to you. I said it to you yesterday. I've said it to you in the past several weeks, several months, whenever we do talk about your schooling. I think it's absolutely awesome. And, and I think there's several people that have expressed, at least to me, and I'm sure have reached out directly to you, um, how cool it is that you didn't throw in the towel. You usually could have. There's no need for you to go back and to uh, to do that. There's been many people today that have mentioned how cool that it is that you are fulfilling this some, you know, whatever, like you said, 32 years after your high school graduation. Uh, I ask this in all seriousness, like, do you think you'll get emotional? It's a good question, Kevin. I, I thought about that. I don't think I will, to be honest with you, but you never know. You know, at times emotions hit me in, in, in weird ways. I think I probably went through a lot of that just like with the health stuff. But um, I, I don't think I will. But, you know, the thing I will say for anybody that's that's listening, I, it, there is a part of me, as I've told you guys, I, I don't personally, I appreciate everyone's, you know, comments to me. I feel a little bit incredulous when they say it because, I'm not really doing anything that I should not have done. Had I done it right the right the, the first time and in the organic fashion, I shouldn't be rewarded for not having done it right the first time. And so in that regard, I'm always hesitant to, to accept that because I'm like, well, you know, I should have done this like the, the most people do when the opportunity is there for them and provided for them as it was for me. But I also think I did not know, Kevin, and I want to emphasize this again because I think it's important for people to understand. There has always been, there were always two like urban myths, I think, when I was in college. The first was that if your roommate passed away, you got a 4 0 for the semester automatically. Um, I, I still don't know that that's false, but I think that's probably not true. Uh, the other one is that if you don't graduate, that within a certain amount of time your credits expire or they have an expiration date to them, that is false. And you know, there are 700,000 people in the state of Indiana that were in the situation I was in, where they took college classes and then life got in the way. And I understand that. And they left those credits sitting there. And it is true that, in, like in my case, that some of the prerequisites for classes that I had, the classes to finish off that, pre, that, that requirement are no longer available. But the, cl- the credits that I had did not expire. So I reshuffled into a different major to facilitate a graduation, but the credits that I had accumulated were still there. So there's always time to go back. I did it online. It wasn't labor intensive. It was time intensive for sure, but I enjoyed it. I didn't find it to be over labor- overly laborious. At times it was certainly challenging, but I think the one thing that, and for me, it's a shame that I, I had to live a half century before I realized this, but you know, one of the things I think is important for, for people to know is that it's never too late to finalize your betterment. And I know there are a lot of people that think, and are and maybe like me, were almost insecure about the fact that they had fallen short of where their peers or, or their normal life track took them. But it's never too late to get back on that treadmill. Um, and now i got to get back on the treadmill because I have no excuse for not being in the gym again. Really well said, I think, Jake. I think a lot of people can go and use that for like themselves if they want to get their degree or just in life you can use those words really well and And for boo's sake let's hope that we don't find out about the first one if the roommate passes oh yeah yeah getting a 4-0 that's that that's that mark paul gosler movie thing that's what that's from let's just hope that doesn't happen what's the guest list for the graduation event tonight oh byron's got to be there (laughs) i don't think byron even knows about it Farkas is waiting uh, in the parking oh, lot oh, with a yeah. keg oh, right yeah. now. Farkas is a silly string. He's ready to do. 
my sister and my sister-in-law, my sister Juge, my sister-in-law Sue, my parents and Shannon are all coming up. And then I, I think um, I think we're doing lunch afterwards, and Shannon's like, um, I have to get back to work, so I don't know if I'll be able to make lunch. What time does it finish? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. That's when you got to do uh, the finger, like, wrap it up, speaker, let's go. Right. <laughs> I'll do the... I'll do the little double hand thing that you do, Mark. When, when Break. We wrap 30 seconds mm-hmm. left, right? Yeah. yeah. Whenever Mark stands up and does a double hand, that's when you know that we are way over. <laughs> I, I'm shocked it's taken 10 minutes, and I'm sure you've resisted the urge. Uh, are you practicing your German accent? I should have. I, I can't believe I didn't start with Guten Tag. But after I heard, I did catch um, – some of the show and i heard mark doing i believe was it weather and traffic on the nines mark that you were saying in german on the nines weather and traffic (laughs) (laughs) colts patriots week 10 now here's the thing i thought that was so good we've got to start lobbying right now i mean i'm assuming the bullseye vic group's going to take fans over there or someone like that we've got to start lobbying right now for us to go because this is the only time where we can do a show at one o'clock in the afternoon. Like it'd be perfect, right? Because so over true. There, oh, I mean, it's beautiful. Like of all the day part programs that we do on our station, we would be the perfect one to be broadcasting live from Germany because, you know, it's not on our body clock. Once we're over there, it's going to be, I mean, you, you think we're good now. Just wait until if it's like we've had plenty of sleep. Well, and I also thought about this, you know, the game's at what, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, okay? So that gets over at, you know, 12.30 a.m. or uh, 12.30 p.m. You know, you fly out uh, 3, 4 in the afternoon. I mean, we could just red-eye it back. Can you imagine what that show would be like Monday morning if we just red-eyed it back right after the game? Yeah, I do it four times a year after the West Coast swings. Hell yeah, let's go. Times a million. He's the seasoned veteran on the yeah. Flight. I mean, this would literally be the peak of that. Um, have you have you ever been to Germany, Jake? I have not. I've been to England, France, um, Spain, and Italy. So I've not been. To, I would love to go to Germany. Love it, it. Steve called in earlier. He wasn't too fond of Frankfurt. You know, Steve. Very honest. Uh, by right. the way, Steve sent me this PBR hat. Um, you got. I'll, I'll wear it on future shows, but you're gonna love it. Um, Steve's compared Frankfurt to New York City, which I thought was high praise, and I guess it is kind of the European Financial Center, which I didn't know, uh, but he compared it to Calgary weather in the month of November. Well, that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be like Foxborough out there. Well, Calgary's like Yukon. I mean, are you kidding me? The average temperature in Calgary is 38 degrees Fahrenheit. In November. <laughs> Yeah. Of all the places to pick. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's it's not bad. It's like Bismarck, okay? Hey, you know, after Mary, you know, got mad at me about North Dakota yesterday. I don't know if we should go down that down that That's path right. again. But I, I, I think it's cool. I mean, it, again, it's, it's a Patriots home game, so it's not like the Colts are giving up a home game. Um, I think you have some appeal from a Bernard Ryman standpoint. Uh, you would think that the atmosphere would be pretty unique just because it's in frankfurt it's the first time ever having nfl games they will have dolphins chiefs the 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 week prior there but i don't know if it's gotten played out in london to this point but it might be a little bit new and a little bit fresh in uh in germany in particular in frankfurt pardon my naivete is bernard ryman german or austrian 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 yeah Uh uh-huh but he's but he speaks german obviously right right and you know austria's right there the colts do have a german defensive back marcel dabo i don't know if he'll still be on the team by then but I bet he is, but I think it's super cool for sure. I mean, when I saw it, 
Um, I thought it was pretty cool. The stadium looks super nice. I love the fact that it holds 48,000, which means the NFL will announce that 210,000 people were there. Oh, no. So uh, all of it's cool, for sure. I, I mean, honestly, I think it'd be a great experience if – if people have the chance to go as Colts fans, I think they would absolutely find it to be delightful, would be my assumption. All right. Fitch is saying Half Moon Brewery is where you need to go um, on that end. We're getting some texts. The YouTube crowd is very happy for you. Do you have any plans? Are we streaking on Fraternity Row? Are we TPing the president's house? What are our plans? <laughs> Once it hits your lips. Once it hits your lips. Um, I don't think so. I, I, I think here's the thing. I... I'm proud of the work I put in. I'm grateful for the opportunity that was placed upon me. I'm grateful for the people that helped me, notably my math tutor being a numero uno. And for that, I guess the the price that I pay for being able to do it 30 years after the fact is sacrificing the wild hijinks of streaking towards the fountain that I would have undoubtedly done when I was 22 years old. <laughs> Maturation at its finest, right? Well, now he's right. 50, did the mini a few times, his legs are shot, so he's mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> might gimp over there. Where's the where's the diploma going to go? Like over your shoulder so the YouTube crowd can see it every show? Or where oh, are you going to put it? That's a great point, yeah. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. You know, I mean, next to my Charles Manson letter. Oh, well, that's wall. that's good company, I guess. <laughs> Just to show my maturation. Yeah, yeah. This is you know before and after. Uh, a great, a great little photo there. Well, Jake, I, I, did, I, in all seriousness, well said when you did offer the phrase. It's never too late. Uh, we are proud of you. Uh, we are drinking a PBR right now. Congratulations. in studio and congratulations. Well, as proud as you guys might be, that's one-third the pride I have that you're drinking a PBR before 9 a.m. <laughs> surprised it doesn't happen more often, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah, and I, this is all PBR Mark's doing, okay. so I, I, you know, this is not immature Kevin here. Uh, Josh Molinex <laughs> okay. is going to send you off with some vitamin C graduation music, and uh, don't trip on stage, all right? All right, I'll try not to. Congrats, Jake. Congrats, Jake. Nine o'clock hour here on a beautiful Wednesday morning in Indianapolis. Beautiful in May seem to go together a lot in this city. And honestly, the weather, uh, it's great for our next guest because, if I'm not mistaken, he is currently camping out over at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He's the one and only Joey Molinaro. He joins us right now, live from 16th and Georgetown. Joey, you, you got to paint the scene for, for us over there because we had Doug Bowles on Monday. He mentioned that he was camping out, and that will be kind of his place of literally 24-7 for the next three weeks. Uh, what is your setup like? And more importantly, as Mark and I, you know, the father of a couple young children, uh, is little Frankie over there? Little Frankie is over. Um, we don't leave him at the house while we go elsewhere, <laughs> as I'm sure you guys know. Um, typically doesn't work out well with an eight-month-old. No. We've tried it, and uh, we don't recommend. Um, but, no, he's he's with us. we got the pack and play. Um, we are in the museum lot. Uh, we are right behind the museum. Um, on There's just a nice little corner set up. we got the lawn behind us. We got a corner of bushes. Uh, I look out my window in my bedroom um, from the Mount Comfort RV, and I see the pagoda. And then you look out the front because we part. We we uh, we reversed it in. You looked out the front, and you see the turn two stands. And uh, you look to your right, and you see 
um, the uh, racing capital of the world, Water Tower, and it's picturesque, my man. It's 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 awesome. Good for you. This is a great setup here. Are, are you like close? Are you close with some of the driver? I'm, I'm curious, like. You know where where everybody is because I've always thought to myself like the driver sleeping there the night before the race seems like I don't know that seems like a, an awful experience if you just get people hooting and hollering around you. Yeah, they don't set me up in the driver lot, which is probably a good idea. Sure. Uh, so the drivers have their own separate lot, um, which is close. I mean, it's just you know. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to – I'd say Anthony Richardson could definitely hit one of their buses with a football from okay. where my RV is. Uh, you know, we're trying to stay topical there with uh, AR coming to town. Um, but where I am is, is just uh, kind of a mix of different, like, team owners and different people who work on the teams. Um, I will say that old Jimmy Hinch is my neighbor. Mm. Um so he, you know, we're, we're we we've talked about that. He's put that out there. So uh, yeah, Hinch is next to me. Um, so we got that finangled pretty well, but uh, not with any of the drivers. Just some of the, I guess, like higher ups people, which is kind of funny when you think about like, hey, don't put him next to the drivers, but the owners who pay all the bills and make sure everybody's supposed to be there. Yeah, put his put 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 him in in that lot. So it's pretty funny, man. You should come out. I know. I, I, I honestly will. Uh, I am coming out, but I, I certainly want to get a look at the RV situation there. And I, I just love that you do it. I mean, I love this month. You and I both grew up here. Um, I love the experience of it all. Um, just the pageantry and the weather hopefully will cooperate this weekend, um, but especially here in a couple of weeks. And I'm excited. I think the storylines are great for the 500. I think the parody and the 100 Days to Indy has sparked a lot of interest as well. So I can't wait for the next couple of weeks. Same man, yeah. It always does seem like this GP weekend we get thrown with like a you know a forty eight degree Saturday right. or a rain Saturday. It's it's weird, but um, the local news folks that I've been watching they're saying that Friday is the day to be worried about, and then Saturday we should be it's looking better. So that's good. Um, but one hundred percent, dude, on the five hundred. I mean, you got you know is, is Penske gonna be able to come in and have a better month of May that they haven't had you know in a, in, a, in a few years? Joseph Newgarden has been highly documented talking about how it's not acceptable for how Team Penske's been performing there at the 500. I asked him about that personally on Speed Street, and he kind of laughed and shrugged it off. He's like, "Hey, man, you you tell me. Like, if you have any answers, we'd love to know." Um, you know, obviously, as long as Marco Andretti is out there, that's going to be a storyline that's talked about. Will you know? Will Andretti get back to drinking the milk, uh, which would be great. I would love that personally. Uh, I think McLaren is setting up to have a huge month there. I mean, Pato Award is always strong there. Alexander Rossi is always strong there. And you know that both those guys want it probably just as bad, if not more, than anybody else in the field. So, it's going to be great, dude. Um, always is, but uh, the 107th running, I, I can't wait. And um, I know that I'm going to be having a lot of content coming out of the track uh, where I'm posted up thanks to Mount Comfort RV, no doubt. He's Joey Molinaro joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Joey, how did this all come about? Was it through through the RV company, or how did, how did the month-long stay at the IMS come about? Yeah, well, hey, Mark, good to talk to you, man. Hey, man. Um, yeah, uh, so last year I did it too. Um, and so last year I just had this, you know, wacky idea of like, hey, let's uh, let, let, let's go out there. Let's have a month long. Let's have a week long, especially the week of the race, doing a live show from the track every night. 
um, and then adding on with all the other content we did. And, and then, uh, you know, I just linked up with Mount Comfort, Rusty over at Mount Comfort, and we had a few lunches, a few conversations. And he was like, yeah, I can get behind this as long as you aren't in, like, the coke lot. And I was like, yeah, don't got to <laughs> worry about that. Got a pregnant wife, not going to be in the coke lot. Um, and so he was – they were kind enough to, to set up a deal with us to where, uh, you know, we could have a, a, a nice motorhome to call home, kind of a, um office for me, if you will, for the month of May and then stay in there. And then um, it was a success last year, and we had a blast. And it came to about February, March of this year, and I was like, hey, we, we run it back, and um, we had a few more lunches. And it's it's really cool, man. I'm really really lucky and grateful to not only Mount Comfort but also uh, IMS because you know Indianapolis Motor Speedway and their folks over there, you know Lewis and Susie and Doug, uh, they hooked me up and then they allowed me to be able to be out there and 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 making content and you know just trying to bring as much excitement and hype and and. Um, eyeballs as we can to to help out with the month of may and the track and the 500 for you know everything that it is and everything it deserves in terms of um all the excitement so yeah dude it's uh, really been hand in hand with both ims and mount comfort and as long as i'm not you know diving off the roof of my uh motor home onto um you know bill's mafia style as long as i'm not doing that or uh, you know, lighten anything on fire. I think I'm I'm, I'm good. Sure. Yeah, say that for the Coke line. What I'm curious about what what's the food situation there? Because I mean, obviously you've got a young young son there and everything, and and wife and stuff. They got food coming to you every day. You got like DoorDash from the concessions. DoorDash. You packing sandwiches? What's the situation? Yeah, that's a great question. So actually, uh, it turns out, and I found this out on the open test day out in the mountains of turn two, uh, DoorDash does deliver inside the track. Um, so you can get it and, you know, you set your location. I did at least. Uh, I set my location. It's just a museum. And so they pull in and they tell the folks, hey, I got a delivery. And so, you know, I had Jimmy John's come to the museum. I ran over and picked it up. And then I was eating Jimmy John's sandwich watching cars go around in turn two, which is great. But we don't do that every day. So what we do is actually one of my favorite days of the year. We go to the Costco, as my mother-in-law calls it, and we have uh, a big run to the Costco, and we go and we load up on snacks and drinks and uh, meals and coffee and plates and just everything you could think of that you would have to eat. I mean, we're camping, right? So we go there and we drop uh, an unhealthy amount of money um, that I don't like to talk about. So uh, we drop that and we come back and we load up the fridge and we load up the pantry and, you know, we're good to go for the entire month. It's it's uh, it's a really fun day because you're like, you're there literally a kid in a candy store in Costco. I'd mm-hmm. say that like Costco is like, the Willy Wonka chocolate factory for adults, you know, and so so we go in there and we're just, we're grabbing everything, you know, cheese. Yeah. The variety box of the chips. Oh yeah. Fruit snacks. Yeah. Like some weird dessert that we don't need. Sure. Might as well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're getting Miller lights and we're getting booze and we're just setting it up. So we go back to the RV and we go three wide on all the drinks in the RV because it's indie. So we got three wide of water, three wide of energy drinks, three wide of diet and regular Coke, and three wide of Miller Lite, all in the all in the fridge right now. Um, you know, with more to come. So we we stack up nicely, man. Costco, it's all about the free samples too. It's, my daughters love the free samples at Costco. Yes, yes, that was big. Um, I tried the their uh, the the little food court that they have there. Oh, yeah. It's always 
packed, man. Like, I think people may just go in there to just have lunch at the food court and not even shop at Costco, you know? Oh, it's a vacation. Um, so- you don't need a membership to do that. You get you, you get a foot-long hot dog and a drink for like a buck fifty. Yeah, no, so I think that's what happens because I can never get in line because I'm always – it's by the checkout, and so I'm checking out. I'm like, oh, I want to go get a dog and a soda. And the line is just out the door. I'm like, all right, you know, I can hold off. But it is cool to have that option. So big day that we go to Costco. We do it all in one day. Now two years in a row, we get set up, thanks to Rusty. We got our spot, and then we head straight to Costco, and we come back, and we make sure that the motorhome is stacked for um, us and for any and all guests who come by uh, to make sure that they're set up. One last for me about the RV situation. So nighttime activities. You said obviously you can't be you know breaking too many rules out there and whatnot. But what are you doing at night once the sun sets and it's just like you guys hanging out there? It's a tad personal. Yeah. Well, I don't mean it like that. Oh, I'm just okay. saying, are you just, able to are you able to, to roam sure. around Jeez. a little bit? Are you able to kind of like, hey, you know, this is normally off limits, but you're here for the month, so it's hang going out on the this golf way. course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say, not saying that, streak uh, on the track yeah, or anything. It, it's a it's a small it's a it's a not a small RV but like you know it's a snuggled RV and it's a queen size bed and we have an eight month old so you know don't don't get any ideas Mark um, but <laughs> we yeah we have a uh, Frank's right here sorry I'm on I'm I'm live watching Frank while while I'm doing the interview here cover your ears um, Frank we, we do have a we do have a golf cart out there. Um, and so it kind of ramps up throughout the month, right? Like this weekend, you know, I'm not going to be really doing anything. Um, but then as we get to like qualifying weekend and then we get to race weekend, you know, we'll be having nightcaps out there every night, maybe do a little golf cart ride, um, you know, kind of around the track, maybe venture outside of the track, but that's, you know, it can be interesting on race weekend, obviously. Um, so, you know, I'd say it's a tamed party. Like we don't, we're not, we're not doing anything. We're not supposed to. Um, but hey, man, when it's the night or two before the race, and you have the silence of the track, and it's just you really in there because you know all the drivers are, are, are sleeping and you know getting focused up for the day. You want to respect that, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roam around in the golf cart and and uh, you know have have a have a beverage sitting outside of the motorhome and just take it all in with you know maybe a nice little. Bluetooth uh, music going, not like a big speaker, but just a nice little Bluetooth, nice nightcap every night. Watch the sun go down over the pagoda, and uh, kind of just pinch yourself that uh, that you're in there. He's Joey Molinaro. He is out at IMS right now. He's got a cool event coming up in a couple of weeks from the Vogue. I do want to hit on that uh, before we let you go. But I know you were at the Derby this past weekend. Certainly got to see and, and meet and talk with, etc. several major celebrities. Uh, talk us through Derby weekend for you and just how you would compare that experience. Because I've never been to the Derby to what we experience here with the 500. Man, it's they're 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 pretty. The 500 is bigger. Um, the 500 is more of a party. Uh, the 500 is more special to me and all of us, obviously. Um, but the Derby is no joke, man. The 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 Derby weekend now is is a must for me and my wife. Uh, every year we've been two years in a row now, um, and it truly is like just the way that. Uh, we talk about Indy being a bucket list item to people like the Derby is that as well. If you can find a way to swing it and go out there and, and take your lady and, you know, be able to get all dressed up and, and, and roam around and bet on ponies and drink all the fun drinks. Uh, it, it is, 
it is an event unlike any other, much like the 500 is in its own way, right? Like you're not going to go to many other events like the Derby where you have the mix of the dress, the fashion, the uh, kind of high class mixed with party, um, but then just a, a big of an event as it is, you know, where everybody is watching it on that first Saturday of May. Um, so it's a blast. It is, I mean, I got to do the red carpet. Like me and Ryra walking the red carpet, how weird is that? It, it just, I was like, this is so dumb. But it was a blast. Um, got to talk with, with Harlow. I invited him to the 500. Doubt he comes, but I had to extend the invite. Um, just because, you know, it's like I think that there's no better way to do May than to go down there on Friday for Oaks on the first Friday in May, first Saturday in May, do the Derby, get all dressed up, and then you can really let your hair down, man, and, and get ready for the rest of the month uh, at IMS and, you know, throw on your jorts and throw on your, your tank tops or your cutoff shirts and your American flag bandana and, and grab a Miller Lite and have a blast at IMS. So I highly, highly suggest it. Uh, America's best racing is the best. I do work with them and they send us down there. Uh, but it's, um, you know, I, I, I say like in my left hand, you have the Derby in my right hand, you have the 500 and you bring them both together for a perfect peanut butter jelly sandwich of May. What are your thoughts on the mint juleps? Have you tried a mint julep out there? Cause I've heard they're terrible after you have one, but what are your thoughts on the mint julep? You know, they're really growing on me. Um, like, because on Friday at Oaks Day, they serve a drink called the Lily. And the Lily is so sugary. And it's basically, you feel like you're drinking just like a strawberry lemonade, which is tasty. But like, you know, you can't have too many of those. And you're like, am I even drinking alcohol? What's going on here? But then on Saturday, you get the juleps. And you're right. They're not as tasty as the Lily. But when I tell you that they get the job done, they get the job done. And so you have yourself a few of those and you're not even worried about the taste anyways. So it's a must that you have to do when you're down there. You got to have the lilies on Friday. You got to have the juleps on Saturday. And uh, the, the, the flavor grows on you, Mark. It really does. All right, Joey Monero is with us here. And Joey, two weeks from Thursday. So this is leading into Carb Day, correct? Tell us about what you got going on at one of the indie staples in a place I love, the Vogue. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's going to be a blast. I'm performing at the Vogue, uh, like you mentioned, Thursday night, May 25th. It's me and friends. Um, so right now it's, it's uh, Willie Griswold from the Bob and Tom Show is going to be there performing. Uh, ben Polizzi, another indie staple, our guy, he's going to be there. Um, and really it's going to be a variety show type feel. So, you know, me and Willie will perform. Uh, ben will come out on the couch, kind of late night style, and me and him will kind of do like a live pod type of situation for a bit. Uh, Clayton Anderson is going to stop by. Um, I'm working on a few other guests, but it's you know $25 GA for everybody to get a seat um, for for all that. You know, cocktails, a full show, comedy, conversations, uh, a little bit of music from Clayton, I believe. Um, and I'm working on a few other guests, like I said. So it's going to be a blast. I knew, you know, I, I know that I wasn't going to do it on Friday night because. Uh, everybody's just going to be, you know, rip roaring and ready to go from carb day. So I said, let's do it Thursday night. Let's kick off the race weekend. Let's celebrate Indy. Let's celebrate the 500. Let's get the drinks going. Let's get the music going. DJ Seabuck's going to be there playing tunes as well. So you're going to get a full party. You're going to get uh, easy access to a bar. You're going to get performances all 
for 25 bucks at the Vogue, a legendary venue, to start off your race weekend. I mean, I just I, I don't know about a better deal out there than that. So hope to see everybody there. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, and uh, I can't wait. And this is the Vogue, uh, just like tickets, event page at the Vogue. Is that is that where we can grab grab ticks? Yep. So everywhere. So you know, if you follow me, um, and and if you don't, then then hopefully you do. Just Joey Molinero on all social medias. I have the link in all of my bios. Uh, but yeah, if you want to just search uh, Joey Molinero Vogue or go to the Vogue um, Tickets are there. May twenty fifth, Thursday night. Doors at seven. Show at eight. Um, and like I said, you're going to have performances. You're going to have a live pod situation with me and Ben. And I try to make it feel just like any version of the Tonight Show, all leading into our favorite weekend of the year. So hope to see everybody there. And the last thing that I, I, I want to throw at you here, and this is a little bit more, I know you're a big Steelers fan, uh, a little bit more centric to here locally. But I thought it was a great question that I got asked a few days ago. Uh, closer to winning a title, you say the Pacers or the Colts? Colts. Is that strictly Colts. due with the NFL? Yes. And the division Colts. they play in? Well, yeah, yeah, two things. Um, you know, it's been well documented. I know you've well, you've documented it really well. Um, you know, the, the Colts are following the Eagles' model, right? Um, you know, Chris Bauer loves the trenches, and the reason that they hired Shane Steichen is for him to come in and say, "Hey, take Anthony Richardson and make him our Jalen Hurts." make him our Patrick Mahomes. And if you remember, just two or three years ago, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles were kind of just in no man's land, right? They, they Carson Wentz is that, Doug Peterson was out, everybody was pissed off in Philly, and then all of a sudden you make the right hire, you have the right quarterback, um, and you get this perfect mesh, and then bang, they're NFC champs, and they're in the Super Bowl, and now you have the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Um, and I, that's the model that the Colts are following, and there's a path there for that, especially with the young quarterbacks, like you mentioned, in the AFC South, um, that I think that's the model. And I think that when you look at the NFL as compared to the NBA and even still where the Pacers are right now, which is exciting, um, I think that if you're looking – who you're going to place a wager on over the next, like you said, five years, um, I think Colts is definitely the answer. He's Joey Molinero joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. If you're interested in the event that Joey's got going on on the Vogue on May 25th, I've retweeted it from our show uh, Twitter page, so check it out there. Click on the link there. Joey, I'm going to put your feet to the fire. Who's your pick to win the 500? Ooh. My pick is uh, Paddle Award. Ooh, I, like I think it. Uh, that Patricio like it. Award – I uh, was so close last year. Uh, I think that he, um, you know, I, I, I think that he has been kind of beaten up on himself a little bit because, uh, you know, he should have won St. Pete, could have won St. Pete. Uh, he should have won Texas, could have won Texas, right? He's been so close, and I think he's really been out to prove, and now he's kind of like overcorrecting, you know what I mean, with how he uh, drove in Long Beach uh, and at Barber. Um, but I think that he's got the car. I think that he's got the, the, the demeanor for it. Um, and I think the dude's a star, man. And um, I think he's coming after it this year. So uh, my heart says uh, Rossi and Marco because they're my friends. Uh, but Pato, uh, that's where my head lies. So I'm going to go with Pato. Have you been watching 100 Days to Indy? Pato was outstanding on episode two. 
Yeah, man. Um, I have. Uh, I think it's really, really well done. I think it's uh, going to be great for um, you know the sport and the series and the 500, obviously. And, and like me and Connor Daly were talking about, um, you know, if you look at how Drive to Survive went about it, you know, they kind of aired it and then they found the home on Netflix. So maybe this airs and then uh, another streaming service comes in in the fall or in the winter right and uh you know wants to put 100 days to indie on their streaming service and then everybody's like wait a second and then it flows right into uh next year in 2024 um so i'm super psyched about it there's so many young personalities and stars uh and and good dudes in in this series and uh, i'm just glad to see them getting highlighted last one for me joey the nfl schedule release comes out thursday obviously Games are leaking already this morning about you know stuff that's on the schedule, the international games and all that. If you would indulge us, uh, what would you think Jim Ursay or Chris Ballard's thoughts would be on the Colts playing in Germany against the Patriots? Hey, hey, hey man, it's it's about time that we got um, some international flavor. We're we're gonna have. Uh, Wiener schnitzels and brats and beer, man. <laughs> brats and beers and Ballard, man. It's it's, it's going to be great. Well, look, Mr. Ursay, we're not going over there for, for brats and for beers. All right, we're going over there so we can take care of business against the Patriots because if you remember, last year is when we gave up nine sacks on seemingly every third down. And then – you hired just Saturday, okay? <laughs> so we need to take care of business. No, man, you just have the beers, and it covers, it covers the stench, man. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh my gosh! That it's just is, Joey and his eight-month-old, but you think there's like four other people? That in there is right outstanding. Now. I, I've always said this to you, Joey, and I know I think Chris Bowden and you um, maybe had a moment about this in our elevator here at Emmis a few, a few, or I guess now Radio One, but when it was Emmis a few years ago. I think your Ballard is so good, and I know Ballard just absolutely loves it. Thanks, dude. Yeah, he. So if, uh, real quick, he goes. He, I open up the elevator, and it's Ballard and Matt Conti, <laughs> and. Uh, he was like, "Oh man, we got to get this guy to training camp, man. We got to get him to do uh, to do Andrew and do Ursay." And I was like, "I got one of you." He's like, "I'm not worth doing." I said, "I, I think you are, but uh, yeah, they still haven't sent the invite for training camp. Maybe uh, <laughs> after Luck retired, they were kind of scared away from it." So uh, I appreciate it, though, boys. Thanks. Uh, the Vogue.com slash events. It's an evening with Joey Molinaro and friends coming up two weeks from Thursday. The perfect start uh, to the greatest weekend here in our country. Joey, enjoy the time out there. Tell Riley, tell Frank you said hey, and I appreciate you hopping on with us, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. You guys are welcome out to the motorhome anytime. Like I said, I have a golf cart. Just hit me up. I'll come swoop you. We'll have some Miller Lights, and uh, hope to see you boys at the Vogue. It'll be a party. Thanks again. Love Thanks, it. man. I'll see you next week out there, Joey.